podcast today. I'm going to try to keep it really brief. Uh, Janet Amid, our astrologer, my good friend, is on shortly with a couple of readings. If um, I'm going to try to have Janet on, uh, it's like the third Wednesday of the month. Uh, if I can ever connect you with Janet, don't wait for me. But if uh, the middle of the month rolls around and uh, you see anything on my social, then I will have Jen on that day. Just send your question and you know the the pertinent info that I need. Uh, birth date and whatnot, perhaps that person's birth date as well. And I will run that by Janet. We'll get you here on the podcast and I'll get, get you some answers. And then you can decide if you want to go see Janet. So I want to talk about something that I often talk about with Erica White. In fact, I texted her last night after reading this. Hopefully during the first few topics, I will remember the part of the articles that I was reading about this, which was bad news. Um, And the really profound part of it that struck me will come to my brain. Other than that, um, there was an article in The Blade Today by David Briggs, who is a phenomenal uh, columnist. I'm sure David could write about anything, but he's the sports columnist, and he took issue with uh, some murmurs that this uh, star quarterback of the Rockets, uh, Daquan Finn, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, could leave. He heard from some other uh, uh, beat writers, sports journalists, that this dude, UT's quarterback, is destined to leave UT after this season and go play for the Big Ten. So college football has changed a lot of its rules for the better, but they didn't put a lot of, I think the word they're using is guardrails in place. It is the wildest of Wild West. So kids can just dislike being at a school or lose playing time. And I I guess this happens a lot at lower levels of sports where parents meddle. Now, kids, if they're not playing and they, they feel like they were promised something, they can get up and leave and play for the most part immediately at another school where in the past they had to wait. So they get to take advantage of the limited time that they have to um, make the use of or make the most of their skills and maybe get paid for it because they can do that now as well. It is again the wild west, but instead of using like uh, like like handguns and whatnot and shotguns, it's 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 military grade weapons and Gatling guns, that kind of wild west. But I'd like to see the kid stay. He seems like a, like a player that I can't recall the Rockets having in a while. They have had some star running backs like Kareem Hunt and some good wide receivers here and there. But when the quarterback is the star and people know it, that, that's a big deal. The other thing, um, again, this is not super important stuff, but I wanted to throw it by you. Uh, the city is looking to spend $64,000, 14 to augment their social media services. Um, And some people are going to read this article. I'm sure there will be an editorial about it in a couple of days saying, they want to listen to us on the internet? Isn't there enough of that? Pat from South Toledo will write in an editorial and be very disgusted. So uh, the mayor's communications department would like to pay $14,000 to uh, a social media company um, to help them better serve people. Um, Sam Meldon, councilman, had, had a quote about this, so he's in support of it. We're engaged Toledo is the customer service arm of the city where you reach out and call them. Um, the mayor's communications department wants to be able to monitor, like, discussion about Toledo. So I, I could probably pick up very quickly how these social media services work. But if they put certain filters when they allow this company access to the services, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media platform, and they go, 
there's a discussion happening in, in South Toledo about this, this, and this. Instead of waiting for somebody to maybe call about it, they can hear the problem and address it. Now, that sounds very black helicoptery and big government and blah, blah, blah. But uh, as long as this service is, is worth its salt and worth its money, it can probably be helpful. The other way, and, and I'll put this into where the other $50,000 is going, is the mayor has... All these people on staff, why can't they do that? Well, you might know from your own job. Um, many of us who got involved in our job, especially if you've been at what you do for quite some time, the job has changed. There have been there have been more duties, more roles, more responsibilities. So, yeah, we do bring in some of these outside services to offload some things so we can focus on what we're best at. And I think this is some of that. Uh, the the fifty thousand dollars is the hiring of uh, basically like a headhunting firm to uh, vet potential police chief candidates. Fifty thousand dollars for this Ralph Anderson and Associates. It's a national firm um, to find the best candidates. Now the the cynic the, the will go to uh, Henry in North Toledo will be disgusted that $50,000 in some way of his taxpayer money is being used to find a Toledo police chief when don't we have people employed at the city to find this person? It's the Toledo police chief. You would think one of the high, if one of the three or four most high-profile jobs in the city would have a, a, a landslide of resumes, candidates, and quality people. Well, that's a lot to go through. That's a lot of paperwork. Um, perhaps that is like $75,000 of employee hours who are taking away from their primary responsibilities to do that very important job. So if you could save $25,000, hire an outside firm to do it where this is what they specialize in. Um, now, you you have to hope and you can criticize our city government for not always making the best decisions, not making the right decisions all the time. I, I, I don't think you or even the brightest person on earth is going to make the right decision all the time. Um, we did see a lot of hapless leadership and mistakes during during the pandemic and even beyond it now. But there's the one thing I will I will not criticize the current regime of is any kind of cronyism. I don't think the mayor is paying um, a firm he is buddy-buddy with uh, this money, like greasing them as opposed to someone else who may be more qualified uh, to do the search, maybe for lesser money or something like that. It, it, it seems pretty stand-up what comes from one government center. Am I certain of that? No. I can only glean what I can observe. So that's why that $50,000 is being paid. It might be a better investment, a smarter use of funds than having city employees do it. Um, with that, um, I told you when Erica White comes in, we she is so pro-worker. And um, if you see her signs up in her commercials and whatnot, you would have no idea. And I don't even think it says it. Um, you would have no idea what party she 
she is on because she is literally pro-worker. And what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you can have the bluest of blue-collar people and they are at the farthest ends of the political spectrum. And she wants both of those people, men, women, whoever, to be treated respectfully and equally and not be taken advantage of by their employers, regardless of who they're going to vote for or where their political leanings lie. So yesterday, um, while I think an Amazon facility in Staten Island was successfully able to unionize, and this has been a thing with Starbucks as well, um, and I think some Apple stores, there was another Amazon facility a little bit outside of the capital of Albany, which took a union vote. And the vote to unionize was a slaughter against unionizing. 406 to 206. Not even close. Now, there's a gentleman, I think out of New York City, Christian Smalls. Um, I think I've talked about him before. Just your run-of-the-mill blue-collar worker who is dressed like I dressed, uh, dressed like I dress to go to the White House and see the president and all this stuff. He is just all about making sure workers are compensated appropriately and not taken advantage of. And he talked about why this loss likely happened, and they, they simply wanted better quality of life, work conditions, and outside of that. Very reasonable requests. Nothing that you haven't heard before. Uh, but uh, Christian Smalls said there was plenty of um, threat of retaliation and intimidation where Amazon will bring in um, anti-union speaker types. And as workers, like you're required to go to these meetings because they're probably not billed as, hey, come sit at this anti-union meeting. They're billed as something else. They're made mandatory because of how they're worded. And then you have to sit through it and hear about why Amazon thinks unions are so bad. Um, the one thing that really did strike me from the article had nothing to do with unions, but I'll come back to the union thing in a minute and, and what the light bulb above my head was and why I texted Erica. So there is a massive turnover at, at Amazon, I, I, at the facilities, and that's probably not surprising for how grueling the work is and at times where people, um, saw that it was a, a big raise from what they were making. They just jumped to it without knowing what they were getting into. Some people are cut out for that work. Other people, regardless of how much the pay was worth, it wasn't worth it, so they left. I had read at some point, and this sounds insane, but there was 100% turnover at certain parts of these facilities. I believe it. I just You go in, you come out. There was another number, I think, in this article that I read last night that said there's like 150% turnover, which I guess means the people that are replacing the people that left are also leaving. And I don't know if this was the intent of the sentence that I read, but it said it's wondering if Amazon is going to be the cause of worker burnout. Now, maybe the article and the writer just meant like people going to Amazon, but I thought about that another way. What happens if Amazon, and God, I love Amazon. I really do. The convenience, the cost. Um, I see people get damaged boxes. I've never had that. The returns are so easy. Um, again, we make our decisions based on our finances and finances are tighter than ever before. And, fine, and Amazon helps a lot of us out, even though our money goes to a place that likely mistreats a lot of its employees or at least could treat them better. But is Amazon going to work these people so hard and maybe so gruelingly and relentlessly that they leave the job and they are either like physically broken. Um, you have heard that, that, 
Amazon works people hard, causes injuries, loss of productivity. They get yelled at, fired, blah, blah, blah. Like the work could physically destroy you and then you can't work after that. Or it mentally destroys you. Like it puts you in a place where you thought you were going to get paid really well and you are, but the way you were treated has terrorized you out of the workforce for however long. Could Amazon have that kind of impact on the workforce? Maybe. We'll see. As with most things, we don't have a lot of answers. Because every time we think we have all the variables and intangibles counted, more pop up. The reason I reached out to Erica was um, seeing how overwhelming this loss was by the, the vote um, to unionize. Again, 406 to 206. And I talked about like the anti-union meetings Amazon, and we talked about this when Erica visited. There, these places just have too much money. Where was it the other day? I did text Erica the other day, or I tweeted her. Some people, whether it was teachers or something, went on. Oh, oh, the staff of the of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, after years of trying to negotiate, went on strike, and. The business was affected, so they finally got what they wanted. And I tweeted to Erica very kindly. She knows I have no malice. I am on the same side as her. But I've said, if you're not willing to strike, you're just not going to get what you want. And I know it is painful, and thank hope, hopefully there are strike funds. But you have to be willing to not, not protest, like I think some of these Amazon workers did on whatever break they had. You have to be willing to set aside your income and strike and hold that business up and show that's the only value you have to them. You are the employee. You make the business run. They make the decisions at the highest level, but you are the day-to-day. And unless you're willing to step away from that and stop the operation in the conveyor belt, I don't know if you're ultimately ever going to get all the things that you actually want. Um, and if you're just going to continue to negotiate and do these votes, these massive Businesses, companies, and organizations can just can just crush you with resources. So, light bulb. I wonder if the best way, and we, we know that more people are interested in asking unionization questions than in decades. It's like up to like 60% as opposed to 20 or 30 before these very painful employment times and people became more aware of how they were being um, not paid commensurate to the work and overworked and so much else. Maybe the best way to go about building unions back successfully is starting them at smaller places where these smaller operations don't have the endless resources to crush the union proponents and the people wanting to unionize, which is, again, what all these corporations will, will do. Again, I, I have a really... Banal example of, uh, let's say that 406-206 was much tighter. Amazon can maybe pull some people aside and go, look, we're going to give you a 30% raise, all 10 of you. You're going to say no to that? Unless you are so dug in to do this union, it's hard with people on these jobs who can say no to that massive pay increase. And then all of a sudden the vote is skewed and you lose. But maybe if you can unionize against organizations that don't have those types of resources. But then you're thinking exactly what I thought and why this is very unlikely to happen. Those smaller places, Monets, uh, what's the other, who's the other, Zavatsky's, places like that, 
these smaller businesses, they're mostly treated better. And you can probably, um, you see the people who sign your paychecks. So you can pull them aside or say, hey, can I get 10 minutes and have a heart to heart with them? And maybe they can give you what you're looking for. It's not as, what's the word? It's not as acrimonious as it comes to with these large corporations. So there is no need to unionize at these smaller places, but that might be the best place for unions to begin seeing more success and then growing up rather than trickling down. Thoughts? Think that over while you enjoy my very good friend, astrologer and more, Janet Amid. Hello, my friend. Is this the Janet Amid? I've missed my buddy so much. Um, you know, yes. if you want, you can come into the studio. We're allowed to have people back because I, I know... Well, you never tell me when I can come in. You can you can come in on these days that we get scheduled, scheduled up. All right. I would love that. We can do a little longer time and people can actually call in. They can't call because uh, we're recording this. Like, it's not on the air. Oh, okay. Well, still... All right, whatever you want to do. I mean, you let me know and I'll I'll come in. I love that. I miss seeing your cute little face and bringing you your dark coffee with two pumps of sugar-free uh, vanilla. I st- I stopped drinking the the stop putting the syrup in there. I just go flat black now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like when my, you go when you go black. Well, never you, mind. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Um, did you do you have an event coming up, or did we miss it? No, it's it's. I've been doing some advertising on on the radio and everything um, with Mary. Thank God, she's so wonderful. October twenty third, Sunday. It's going to be at the um, premiere on Heather Downs, and um, so I've been advertising it on you know different stations. Your, I mean, your, with your stations, you know. So it's going to be at the premiere. Uh, doors open at eight thirty. Um, and it's going to be October twenty third, which is this coming Sunday. So we're going to have me there, psychics there, mediums there, clairvoyants, three food trucks. It's going to be kind of cool. What food trucks? Um, we're going to have some kind of Mexican kitchen type thing, and we're going to have wandering bean, and we're going to have grumpies. Excellent. Um, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't have an event anymore without food trucks being there. I know, and it's this is going to be one of my biggest events ever because we've never had food trucks before, but it's going to be really nice. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Are there any other additions since this is like, did you do one in the springtime? I did one in the springtime. I'm going to have one next year, too. I have it twice a year. Right. So usually it's either in the spring, and then, you know, I was the only one that put them on since, oh, my God, since 2004 or five, and now other people are starting to put them on, too, but they're not like mine. Well, I mean, you know, they're... And now you're, you're like, full... Now we're, like fully back past most COVID things. So um, I was wondering yeah. if you had added anything aside from food trucks, because it can be your, your, your psychic circus. I know. It, I mean, that's, that's a great name. The psychic circus. I like that. Uh, I, I might have to coin that. Please, phrase, that please do. Um, so where uh, we had a pretty brilliant full moon in the last handful of days, what else is happening in the cosmos? Well, we have October 30th coming up. We have a Mars retrograde, and Mars rules aggression and energy. And when it goes retrograde, you know how, remember 2020, we had Mars retrograde before. Um, and that's when we had all these issues that were going on with um, 
the, the COVID and everything. And then every two years we have a retrograde. We have that going on October 30 through January 15th. So Mars will be in Gemini for about, it's good for you though, because you have Aries and Taurus in your chart. So it'd be pretty, it should be good for you. Um, but then we have a new moon coming up October 25th, which I think is uh, Tuesday, and that's a new moon in Scorpio. So that's going to be quite intense because anytime we have a new moon that occurs, people get a little goofy around that time. You know, it's a, that, that's a sort of an intense aspect as well. So we have that. And uh, but but we have this retrograde is going to be a going to be a very difficult one because whenever we have Mars retrograde, it really stirs a lot of things up with people. People don't know whether they're coming or going. It's just a lot. It's a lot of activity, a lot of tension. People feel as though they're just kind of all over the place, and that is coming up. Have- so it's going to be hitting us October 30th, and we've all felt it though. I mean, I can't say that you know I have felt it as much, but. I, I know that when we have, when Mars goes retrograde, things get crazy. And because it's in Gemini, that rules communication. Communication that can relate to anything. It can be, um, you know, computers, radio, travel, uh, airplanes, trains, automotive, I mean, anything. It can be cra- crazy. And I think what I predicted, it could have a lot to do with shipping issues. Like, we're already having those problems as it is, but that's, you know, that's coming up. So there's there's a lot in this, you know, upcoming year where we're going to feel a little bit of the tension, you know. So I, I don't think it's an easy transit, so I think we all have to kind of hang on to our seats. People have had tension yep. for going on three years now. They don't need any more. I know, but I'm just saying this can be this can be a little... This is, but it happens every two years, and we get hit by it. We feel the we feel the intensity of it because it is a really kind of a heavy, heavy thing to experience. And you know what I'm talking about because it's going to be kind of difficult with that. But it, but all in all, you know, we'll get through it because we get through everything. You know, we we have a lot. I think a balance going on, even though that's going to be hitting Saturn rules stability and structure. It's trining it, which is harmonious. And when we had it hitting in 9/11, when that all happened, there was op- there were oppositions. We don't. So in other words, there's more of a fluidity with it than there was before, and even in 2020. So how bad are things going to get now? Well, I, I think it has to do with, like I said, communication. Our economy is going to be a little funky. Just for prob- I, I would say just for maybe a month or so, there, it, there could be a little bit of a kink, but nothing so bad that we can't control it or work with it. I mean, that's just my theory about it. I mean, we have to. We we have to. We have to play with the the cards that we're dealt. Yes. And like li- exactly, life is poker, not blackjack. You can. You can survive with a with a poor hand. I know you can, and that, and I tell people that often because many of my friends will say to me, "Well, how come you're not affected by the, these things?" I said, "I'm affected, but I re- I always know that it's like if you know a storm is coming, you take shelter. Yeah, you do things to prevent it. So, in other words, I would make sure that I have. I'm just going to say this: plenty of water in the house, like you know, bottled water. Um, you know, make sure you have provisions. Because if there's issues with delayed shipping, you're not panicking. Because people panic at the last minute. So just make sure that you have everything under control with that. If you can do that, you'll be fine. Uh, there you know, was, just, you know, don't travel a lot. There was a line in a book that I thought was very thoughtful. 
Um, but I, and it was about cold weather. I think it was like a, a Norwegian or Scandinavian axiom, something along the lines of um, there is no cold weather. There is just uh, inappropriate clothing. And that, like you said, be, wow. be prepared for situations. Now, figuratively speaking, or literally, I've kind of dismissed that because when it's 22 degrees, I don't want to wear all those clothes. It's very cold. Well, you turn on the heat. Well, that too. You make that- sure that you turn, you turn on the heat and you make sure that you're, if you don't have, if your heater goes out, that you at least have maybe, you know, like you have something where you could at least have, you know, extra comforters and extra covers and things like that. So in other words, metaphorically speaking, you just have to make sure that you're able to get through it. And I, I don't feel what other people feel uh, when these retrogrades hit us because I just know that I'm going to get through it. It's going to be okay. I just know it. Just like when COVID took place, everybody was panicking. I was in my office. I worked every day. I stayed here. I got my boosters. I got all my shots. I did everything I was supposed to do because I believe in that. But I also made sure that I wore the mask. I did things that I was supposed to do. I didn't kind of step outside and rebel. You know, what the heck? What's, what's the purpose of that? I just did it. And I made sure that I, when clients came in, they washed their hands, they used hand sanitizer, keep your mask on six feet away from me, that kind of thing. You know, I did those things, and I didn't, I was fine. I would expect... You know, too many people want to be contradictory about everything, and I'm not going to wear a mask, and I'm not the heck with that. You know, why just, why the fuss? Just do it. You know, do you, do you agree or not? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Like, I don't believe in all the nonsense that we went through, like government no. oppression and blah, 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 like... I know. Um... I well, think they were doing what they had to do to keep us, you know, surviving. And I and I don't and even if it was a hoax and there was all this other stuff, what was the harm in wearing a damn mask, right? What yeah, was the harm? Yeah, cuz you know what, for the most part, most people are not attractive. So really it was a favor <laughs> to us because a very tiny percent percentage of the population <laughs> is is like Everyone can agree that they're attractive. You sound like the science. You sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Well, yeah. Oh my God, you're so funny. It's the the Jewish sense of humor. But um, all right. So uh, some people, I some people did uh, when I threw out there. Do you have questions? Um, yeah, I, I have some... somebody. I'm going to let you talk for a change. I'm always cutting you off. Don't you miss me cutting you off? I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm still doing it. So you had two birthdays. But there were no names on these, and I like names, but that's okay. Right. Well, we have. I'll tell you about the marriage in, in a second. You give me the, the lowdown. Okay. So the April 17th, is this a female or a male? I'm assuming that this the female is the 91 and the male is the 88. Uh, correct, correct, correct. Okay. Well, because of the age, I would say that um, the relationship itself there's there are issues here. Um, they they had compatibility, there was attraction here, but the male part of this relationship did not know how to express himself to this person who is born in March. I feel like they when they got together, there was like a cosmic collision. There was a lot of attraction, um, but I do think. We don't know times of birth, and like I said, that's very important. Um, they both have their issues to deal with, and I think the one who was born in April, he is extremely independent. 
kind of likes to do his own thing. Nice guy. Went through a big life change in the last three years or so. Matured, that kind of thing. This one, who's born in 91, is trying to kind of go through the same stage of maturity. But starting um, way back in December of uh, 2020, this one who was born in March really felt the hit. Like there were a lot of things that were – everything was so quick and too soon is what I'm saying. Got it. So even even though they're compatible, if they would have waited a while and just kind of got to know each other's minds instead of their bodies right away, I think they would have been okay. So do you think they will last? They could, but they're both coming into a difficult period March 2023 through 2025, which is a Saturn influence, messing with his, uh, which is April person's relationship sign. So his tolerance level is going to be less than zero. But the thing about the, the April person, he likes to work for himself. He's a hard worker, very nice guy. Guy is like so nice, very strong, very independent. But he is a creature of habit, so he may not want to let go of the relationship. The um, one born in 91 might say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. But I don't know. I think they have a chance of making it work. But they both have to work on communication. You know, I've always said that along with chemistry, that is key in any relationship. You you pretty much uh, describe them. To the T, that is, uh, that's Alex and her new husband, Thomas. Oh, wow. Wow. But I will... Well, they're both good people. They're both good people. But they just got together so quickly and, and everything else. But I think... Well, I, and I love Alex, no question. Because she's she's so good and so loving. And, uh, and they're both... I really like her new husband because I think he's a great guy. I think it could last because they both love each other so much and there's a lot of chemistry. They're extremely compatible. But communication is key. They They need to work on the communication part. They're separate pieces that fit together well. Um, Very well. They're maybe more than than chemistry. They're they're a good team from my perspective. They uh, are. And it was a lovely wedding. And it, but humor is also very important, and they both seem to have that. He is an exceptionally good guy, and I think what I love about him, as well as with her, is that he loves good things, beautiful, good food. He cooks for her. He he likes nice things. He treats her to things. And I think their communication, they got together really, really quickly, But and they stayed together. But I knew they dated for a long time, so they got to know each other's minds at least. Uh, but, so I did see that. I remember that. But they're so, I think they're soulmates. Excellent. Um, next up. Melissa. Well. Is Melissa the one? Oh, I'll let you tell me. Which one is next? Uh, whichever one is down in the line, it is... Samantha, three nineteen eighty six. She's trying well, to decide between three guys. One well, is- you know, I'm gonna before you even say a word. Three guys, which is Taurus. What was it? Taurus, Virgo, Virgo. and Capricorn. And she's not well, totally divorced yet. Yeah, but the problem is, is that okay? It's like the sun sign is a piece of the ear. How in the world can I tell her? I don't know what the person's moon sign is. I don't care about the sun sign. It is the ear, the chip of the ear. I have no idea. First of all, this girl is somebody who is 
I love the fact that she's a Pisces because Pisces are so sweet. They're so sensitive. But she is a pistol, man. This girl is fiery. She gets bored very easily. And she, you know, like you said, she's not even divorced yet. I'm not judging her on that because I don't judge on anybody. Everybody has their own, they have their own journey to go through. But she has this really strong need for chemistry with a guy. She's almost like a guy when it comes to sex, you know, versus, I mean, she doesn't hold back is what I'm saying. She's very passionate, soft-hearted, but not, I don't know about the sun signs because it doesn't mean anything. It's like one, one-thirteenth of what I'm supposed to look at. I have no idea what their moon is, their Mercury. So the sun signs mean zero. I don't even know her time of birth. Well, hold, so, hold on. If she, if you think she likes sex as much as you you think she does, maybe she, to keep it spicy, she just juggle the three of them. So that maybe because they, maybe they all have different styles. She could keep it spicy, but she does get attached. She has two sides to her personality. One side is I want commitment, security, and stability. The other side is that she's power struggle. She struggles with her power struggles. Um, she's very complex. She should call my office and set up a 10-hour session <laughs> because she's, like, really, really complex. She's a good person. I love her heart, her sensitivity, but, man, she has some huge – you know how I always talk about the daddy stuff. She's got to work on issues when it comes to men because there's some stuff about her dad that jump off the page. Okay. So she has to work on that. And she also – there's a lot of issues about money with her. She's very motivated by money and security, but she also wants to do it on her own. This girl needs to come and see me, and we need the month, day, and year. If you can get the time at birth, do it. But that just the birthday, the, the sign alone doesn't mean anything. That's like saying everybody with blonde hair has blue eyes. Nope, nope, nope. So you want to look at the whole thing. So I wouldn't say who's the best one for her because it, it definitely, because I don't even know her time at birth to see who would fall into her relationship house. Okay, good enough. Uh, but she is a good. She is. She is. She is definitely somebody who draws men in like flies. No question there. Well, don't draw. Any, don't, don't draw any diseases in with all those guys. <laughs> um, totally. Last one, uh, Melissa. Eleven twenty four ninety. The family life stress won't stop. Husband, kids, in laws. When will it cool off? Well, there's a lot of drama in her life. I think that it's going to cool off. When she goes through this next stage of her life, she's a Sagittarius with her moon in Aquarius. So she's a very humanitarian, independent kind of person. But her moon says, you know, she struggles because she wants to keep everybody happy. But she also has to work at her delivery. There's sort of like this drama that is in her life because she's a fixer. So she tends to want to fix everything. There's a lot of enabling, a lot of codependency going on here. And she's she struggles. And the biggest thing, I think, has to do with kids, family matters, just different styles of how to be around kids and things like that. I think she had some good stuff with her parents. Um, she had some really good energy with her mom, I believe. Um, but I do see her as funny, you know, uh, sort of like argumentative to some degree, likes to debate. Man, the girl should go into law. But I do see her when you say, when is it going to stop? Well, you know, again, she's she's been in this roller coaster for quite a while. This just didn't happen overnight. And honestly, since she was like 17, 18, but I would say hopefully coming up next spring, it's, things will calm down a little bit. But this retrograde is hitting people born under Sagittarius, Virgo, Gemini, and Pisces the most. And she has, like, everything in, in Sagittarius. And even the one I just, just spoke about, Samantha, Sagittarius and Pisces, you know, 
basically. So this girl, Melissa, is really feeling the heat of this transit that sort of began around uh, September 30, magnifying October 30. So through January. So she needs to really cool her jets and just take pull back a little bit. You know, a storm's coming, ease up a little bit, you know. So just, I think hopefully it'll balance out. But she also has to realize that sometimes what she's drawing into her life as well has to do with her own psychology. Okay. Uh, you are solving people's problems. Who actually needs therapy when you can talk to the one and only Janet, who is is astrologer and part therapist? That's right. Um, That's right. If anybody would like to get a hold of me at the office, the number is 419-882-5510-419-882-5510. And I, will, I wish you would stop by at the event. It's on the pre, it's premiere at uh, Heather Downs, and we're going to be there in the morning. I wish you would just stop by and just look around and see what it's all about. You'd have so much fun. I, I know what it's all about, and I, I'm, I'm terrible. Like, I have, I literally now throw away one day of my weekend. Last weekend, I fully intended to throw away Saturday, but I fully intended to make something out of Sunday. I was up at coffee at 7 o'clock, had coffee, came, uh, went to the gym, came over, did some work, did some food shopping. It was 10 o'clock, and I'm like, now what? So I just went back to bed until Monday morning. That's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know me. If you show up, I'm always happy to give you a hug and seeing you, even though you don't like anybody touching you. Right. I would give you a hug anyway. But I would... But I'm always happy to see you, but if you don't show up, it's okay. But if you do, I'm happy to see you. I appreciate that. I'm just happy that people support you. I love you to death. And your wonderful events. Well, thank you, and I'll let you know how it works. Hopefully, we'll talk again soon. Good. I'll grab you soon. Bye. Bye. Take care.